You're listening to The Catalyst with Samantha Chris, where we explore the inner workings of embracing the unknown, from ordinary daily habits to extraordinary measures. Get ready, we're about to ignite change and inspire action. Welcome back, everyone. I am your host, Samantha Chris, and today we have a special Valentine's edition of The Catalyst. I am joined by dating expert, matchmaker, and owner of Dashing Date, Kavita Adwani. Kavita's approach to the dating scene is unconventional. When it comes to looking for answers to your dating woes, her motto is, think the opposite. She has been featured in the New York Times and Cosmopolitan Magazine. Her success can be attributed to her caring, non-judgmental approach and her genuine desire to help people be confident, enjoy dating, and reach their potential in their relationships. She finds comfort in going against the herd and encourages her clients to do what's right for them, not for others. Kavita, welcome to the show. Thanks, Sam. That was lovely. It is no surprise that COVID-19 has taken businesses by surprise by curfews, lockdowns, social isolations. But I mean, this is particularly difficult for singles right now. Like business aside, we're talking on a human level. This has thrown the whole dating scene upside down. How are the singles that you're working with taking it? I have so many clients, you know, I work with singles day in and day out. And these are people that are, you know, in their thirties, in their forties, they're professionals, they live alone. And now they're going to be alone, alone. And a thought that kept coming to me was that people were already so worried that they're not going to meet someone. People are already so worried that everything on the dating scene is not working for them. And now with all of these added layers of restrictions, they were just thinking, I'm lonely. And how am I going to, how is this going to happen for me? It wasn't happening before. And now I'm terrified. And I just made it my utmost goal, my priority to make sure that my clients and singles in general, as much as I could, and as far of a reach as I have, didn't feel that way. And I really wanted to instill confidence that yes, you can still meet someone. The pandemic is not going to stop people from falling in love. And I wasn't a hundred percent sure, but I gave it all that I could to make sure that people did still believe that this will happen for them, um, that they didn't have to put their love lives on complete hold. And I'm so glad that, well, not so glad that it's been so long that we're in this, but I'm glad that having been in it for so long that that proved to be correct. Are you finding that singles are still kind of bogged down by the fact that, yeah, we're in a pandemic and it has totally taken hold of my love life? Or is it more, you know, are are people starting to recognize that this might be here for a while and therefore our approach to dating has got to change? Mm -hmm. Certainly a mix. That's for sure. Um, Initially, I saw people that were absolutely keen on keeping their apps open and coming speed dating to the virtual events and going on video dates. And that was really nice to see. On the flip side, I absolutely saw a number of people who were just saying, listen, um, this dating is not for me right now. I have too much going on. Uh, Online dating is not for me. So I'm just going to take a break. And that made a lot of sense. Like you said, we really had no idea how long this was going to last. And I was very supportive of people making that decision for themselves. Even some pandemic, no pandemic. I'm a huge fan of taking dating breaks and taking a step back to reassess um, and bring that right energy to the table. So 
definitely a mix, but now that it's been so long, there are a lot of people who are saying, okay, I didn't think it was going to last this long. So now I am going to give it a shot. And for people who were completely against online dating before they've come around. So I definitely see more and more singles adapting to the change and not wanting to put their love lives on complete hold. Dashing Dates messaging was all about how chemistry can't happen through a screen, but now our whole lives are happening through screens. So how has your perspective changed as the matchmaker, as the dating expert? It was, it was difficult uh, for us um, in terms of our messaging. And we really thought, you know, how are we going to make this, how are we going to make this change while staying true to our brand, while staying true to our core message about bringing the human element back to the dating scene. To be honest, I've always been a fan of video dates. I was actually kind of excited that people had to get on board with it because there was still a bit of a educational process. Like people needed needed to be educated when I would say, listen, before taking your date onto dry land, hop onto a call, hop onto a video call, and see if there is chemistry between you and another person. So I've always been a fan of the video date. Where I found myself saying chemistry doesn't happen through a screen was mostly via text, where we really lose all sense of tone and you know, really not understanding where somebody is coming from and really misinterpreting what someone is saying. Um, so I'm glad that the video is in. I'm glad that everybody had to hop on board because I think that there is a huge opportunity there. I, I'm a big believer in saving time, conserving our time. Um, so I'm glad that this is, an, this is a way for people to still connect without having to waste a lot of time and energy because previously people would just go from a dating app, texting to a date and there's traffic and there's um, parking and there's a lot of money being spent. Wasn't That was why a lot of people were getting very frustrated with online dating in general, because this idea that you create about someone when you're just on an app is often not what ends up being the case when you meet someone in person. Mm. So, so my perspective on video dates was always positive. And now I'm just glad that more and more people had to get on board with it and are experiencing it in general. One of the things you mentioned earlier is the importance of energy. And so how are people leveraging video or really, you know, just using it at all to exchange the right energy or pick up on the energy of the other person. What I will say is I don't know how everybody is doing it, but I know how I would like people to do it. And I certainly know how I encourage my own clients to do it. So we do a lot of virtual speed dating events. And before the event starts, this is from the email confirmations. There's a video that we play before the event starts. We have event hosts um, that kick off the event. And a lot of what, a lot of that content is focused on advice and tips and dating tips to help people get into the right mindset to date. So a couple of things that I always say is do not date after you've had a long, difficult day at work. Don't get on an app. Don't get on a video call. Don't get on a virtual speed dating event. If you're coming in with the wrong energy, that shows and people can read that. So one of my favorite quotes is your energy introduces you before you even speak. I'm a huge, huge advocate for bringing the right energy to the table. So one way to do it is just check in with yourself before you invite someone to a video date, just ask yourself, you know, how do I feel right now? And am I bringing the right energy to this space? Another tip I have is 
to get into the right mindset for dating by having a dedicated space for your date nights, for your virtual speed dating events, where I do yoga, right? So I'm not going to do yoga in the middle of my kitchen. I don't feel, uh, I don't feel right about doing it in the middle of my kitchen. But if I have a dedicated space for my workouts, or if I have a dedicated space for work, when we land in that space, we get into the right headspace for what we're about to do. And I don't see enough people doing that when it comes to dating, having, you know, maybe it's your dining table with candles um, and a glass of wine. Even if you're not feeling the best, going into the right space will bring that, um, like will change it up and really help you get into the right mindset for what you're about to do. So who do you think is having a harder time being single through the pandemic? Is it men or women? That's a good question. I think I would just have to say men. I think that's often the case before pre-pandemic, post-pandemic. When you're a single woman and when you're a single man, you often assume it's the other gender that is having trouble. Um, I think men do have it a little bit harder. Um, Women typically have a support group that they said that, you know, they've built over time. Men don't necessarily have the same type of support that women do. Um, Women are often, you know, chatting with each other. They're spending their days in communication with one another. That's not always the case for guys. Also just, you know, to speak openly, women get more matches. So on apps, you know, men are just more open-minded about matching with a woman, speaking to a woman. Women are far more particular and picky about who they're actually interested in in connecting with. So as a general rule, men get far fewer matches than women. So I would definitely say that it's been more challenging for men. And then so how do we, you know, make the most of the fact that when we have a connection, when we have someone who wants to learn more about us, who wants to, you know, is willing to meet with us, that we can really make the most of that time together? First and foremost, lower your expectations. (laughs) lower your expectations. And I, and I say that, and it does not mean to lower your standards. And I find a lot of people get the two confused when I say that keep your standards high, but lower your expectations. I find that we set these very high expectations before going on to a first date. And we're essentially setting ourselves up to fail. We have these big ideas for how the date is going to go. Um, you know, we think it's going to be the man of our dreams or the woman, woman of our dreams. And I, and I do love the idea of romanticizing and, and, and dreaming um, when it comes to dating. I think a lot of that is missing also. But at the same time, when we're setting our expectations so high, we're really not giving the person in front of us a real chance. You've been in this space for, what is it, 13 years now? <laughs> So long, Sam. <laughs> a dating veteran. I mean, you have seen what's up. I mean, the pandemic is a new tool to add in your tool belt here as far as how to help people navigate their dating lives. But with this added layer, right, of it being a little harder to find love, or at least the perception that it's going to be harder, I feel like confidence has taken a major hit. And, you know, across the board, right? Confidence in the job stability and the economy and the health measures and the way they look after having been in confinement all year. But there's so much weighing on the hearts of people, singles in particular. How can we boost, I say we, I'm I'm not single, but how can singles boost their confidence in finding love right now? I find that a lot of 
singles forget that the other people that they're meeting, whether it's on an app or through a friend or, um, you know, at, at, at a social event or a virtual meetup or a speed dating event, they, te- they tend to forget that everybody else there is also single. They're mm-hmm. also trying something new. They're also looking for love. They're also stepping out of their comfort zone. They're also putting themselves out there. So I have a lot of clients who say that they're nervous and, you know, they're not sure what they're doing and are they doing the right thing? And I always remind them, listen, you're not doing this alone. You know, when you walk into one of these events, when you come into a speed dating event, for example, everybody there is in the same boat. And I just think it's so helpful to remember that, that you're really not alone in this as even though it might feel like you are when you're stepping into this space, even on when you're opening an app, just remembering everybody here is in the same boat as me. And I hope that brings some boost of confidence, um, you know, when taking that leap to message somebody that it's not so scary. uh, That person is looking for the same thing as you are. And are you someone, do you offer coaching services as well? I mean, if they're going into this and thinking, Oh my God, I have no idea what to say. I don't know what to wear. Are you there enabled, you know, and able to provide some additional guidance for them? Absolutely. So I do one-on-one coaching. Uh, We have a matchmaking department and we do speed dating. So where I'm most involved with clients um, day-to-day would be in in the coaching. And then I'm not, I'm very much involved in everything else, but um, I have a small team and, and my clients would get to work with those team members. Coaching is the only thing that I do myself with the, with the business. Okay. So for the people that you coach, what do you see as the biggest dating faux pas? Um, I think a big one for me is just proper dating etiquette. I hate ghosting. I think it's so important to treat people with kindness and respect, no matter where this, per- no matter if you feel a connection or not, no matter if this, if you think this person is at your level or not, whatever the case may be, I think that there should be a standard protocol that all singles should follow. Um, I always say, you know, how somebody responds is really not your problem, but how you act is completely in your control, how you behave and what you are bringing to the table. So dating apps have gotten such a bad reputation because we've stopped treating people like human beings on the other side of the screen. So I always say, listen, regardless of how you feel, bring every relationship, no matter how fleeting to an end, let the person know that, listen, you wish them the best, but you're not interested. Again, you may not get the best response to that, but I think it's very important to share that information, you know, tie every conversation up with a nice little bow. It's not only for the person that you're speaking to, but it's for you too. I find when you have a lot of like lingering conversations open, when you ghost a lot of people, that just adds a lot of clutter in your brain. You're remembering these people. um, You're feeling bad when they message you again. You're not responding to them. So that's a huge, 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 huge faux pas. Just actually end your relationships. And I think that's such an important reminder is that the relationship doesn't just begin if and when it evolves into something romantic, right? It starts when the conversation door has opened and you do owe, I mean, not that you owe, but it's really, you know, a nice gesture to treat people like you'd want to be treated. And if it didn't go well and you thought it did, it would be nice to know that it wasn't reciprocated or if, you know, you mutually agree that it wasn't 
the right match, then great. Let's treat it like adults and move on. Yeah, I completely agree. And there's also, you know, paying it forward, like set the example and let's, you know, there's a ghosting pandemic on, there's been a ghosting pandemic for a while, Sam. So um, I think that's just something that really needs to be stopped. So that is absolutely something I work on. Um, I work on -on one-on-one with clients is developing a protocol that makes sense. um, That makes sense for them. That makes sense for other daters. And I mean, there's many, there's many faux pas, but that's definitely the top one. And I mean, there's so many lessons wrapped up here because I feel like the way we do one thing is the way we do all things. And if that's how we are willing to conduct ourselves in conversation and relationships and meeting new people, that kind of bad habit, if you will, will follow you into different parts of your life. And I think the more that we can flex our muscle of being confident in our communication, the better it'll serve us, you know, in, in different aspects of what we're doing. I completely agree. And it lends itself back to, you know, the other question we were talking about, um, you know, what can we do to boost somebody's confidence is, I know it may feel uncomfortable to say something like this and to have these conversations, but over time it is building, it is building up your confidence. You are getting better at communicating. It will, um, it will pour over and it will spill over when the relationships are working and the relationships become a little bit longer. All of these practices are going to help for sure in your dating life and otherwise, but Mm -hmm. let's stick to dating for today. (laughs) Yeah, that'll be a whole other episode. (laughs) (laughs) So, I mean, people have taken this time in the pandemic to update their resume and their LinkedIn profile, but I'm not sure dating and the dating profile is entirely top of mind, but if this is something, if finding love is something that people want to prioritize, how do you suggest that people can, you know, take one step closer in getting to the love that they're dreaming of? I always ask my clients, okay, how up to date is your dating profile? Has it been collecting dust? Did you even bother updating it after the pandemic hit? So if you are looking to meet someone, especially, especially, especially right now, um, as much as you may be frustrated with online dating, there is a huge opportunity that is still there now more than ever, especially because people who were not into online dating at all before they are there now. So the pool is bigger than it's ever been. Um, With that said, you need a great profile. Your photos should be new and fresh and captivating and eye-catching. I always suggest putting in your dating profile something that's very current, exactly like with a resume. You don't have information from 10 jobs ago. You have your most recent job. That's why you should say from 2016 to present. Same thing with your dating profile. I always suggest having something that says maybe even pandemic related. During the pandemic, I've been working on my cooking skills. Like let somebody know who's reading this that it was recently refreshed, that it was recently updated. Having something that's just collecting dust, something that you wrote a long time ago, your dating profile is really not meant to be written once and to remain static. It should be evolving as you evolve. And I would even go so far as to say, you could mention something like, if it's Sunday and you're online dating, throw something in about Sunday as the header of your profile. Something like, um, you know, lazy Sunday, binge watching, fill in the blank. You will get noticed more than somebody who has a profile that's been sitting there for a long time. So pay attention, 
put a little bit of work in, put a little bit of effort in, do a bit of research. I do work with my clients one-on-one to make sure that their profile is something that represents them and really sounds like them um, and is likely to stand out a little bit from the crowd. Uh, But I highly suggest taking that time and reviewing your photos, reviewing your profile and making some probably much needed updates. I love it. So where can people follow you to learn more about the tips, the tricks to not only update their profile, but to really step into the next version of how they want to present themselves and who they want to be in the next relationship? So everything can be found on our website, dashingdate.com. And if anybody wants to connect with me personally, I'm at Miss Kavita on Instagram. And then there's also at dashingdate on Instagram, which is more dating advice and dating tips and information on upcoming events. Wonderful. Those will all be linked in the show notes. Kavita, thank you so much for spending time with us today and happy Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day. Thank you so much, Sam, for having me. It has been a pleasure. Friends, thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of The Catalyst with Samantha Chris. If you like what you heard, be sure to leave us a review and subscribe so you never miss an episode. Until next time, I hope you're feeling a little more equipped to lean into the unknown and take inspired action.